great opportunity to kind of set the direction and vision for the year. And so I'm going to talk a little bit today about the meaning of our vision statement. We have a great vision statement here at Ocean View. Nice and simple and clean. Love God, love others, and serve the world. But there's a ton of meaning packed into that vision statement. We're going to explore that today. But first, I want to tell you a story. It started like so many other evenings. Mom and dad at home and Jimmy playing after dinner. Mom and dad were absorbed with their jobs and did not notice the time. It was a full moon and some of the light seeped through the windows. Then mom glanced up at the clock. Jimmy, it's time to go to bed, honey. Get up, go upstairs now and I'll come and settle you in a little bit later. Unlike usual, Jimmy actually went straight upstairs to his room. An hour or so later, his mom came upstairs and to her astonishment, found that her son was leaning out the window, staring intently at the moon and the moonlight bathing the moonlit scenery. She says, Jimmy, what are you doing? And he says, I'm looking at the moon, mom. Well, it's time to go to bed now. And as that reluctant boy settled into his bed and his mom kind of tucked him in, he looked up and he said, Mom, you know, one day I'm going to walk on the moon. And she kind of patted him on the head, so that's nice, Jimmy, uh, never actually believing that would occur. And who would have known that that boy in whom that dream was planted that night would survive a near-fatal motorbike crash? He broke almost every bone in his body, but he recovered, rehabilitated. He got accepted into the space program and would bring that dream to fruition 32 years later when James Irwin stepped on to the surface of the moon. He was just one of 12 representatives of the human race to have done so. James Irwin had a vision, and he wouldn't let it rest until it came true. And the idea of a vision, something that compels us, a picture of the future, is indeed a powerful thing for individual people's lives as well as for our corporate life together as a church. As former pastor Perry Noble said so succinctly, if people don't know where a church is supposed to be going, then it will attempt to go everywhere and eventually arrive nowhere. Now, if you've attended Ocean View for any length of time, you know we have been operating and using our vision statement, love God, love others, serve the world. I believe it's been helpful for us as church. It's given us a focus. And I've heard many of you reference it A couple times, someone new has said, so what's this church all about? And a number of you said, oh, that's easy. Our church is about loving God, loving others, and serving the world. As P.K. Bernard insightfully said, a man or woman without a vision is a person without a future. A person without a future will always return to his or her past. I unpack the meaning of uh, these uh, three parts of our vision, love God, love others, serve the world. I unpacked that last year at this time. And we have two sermons on our website. You can easily access those. I think Jess threw them up on Facebook this year. And I want to go a little bit deeper into some of those ideas and nuance a little bit of the direction. The first of those thoughts centers around the first statement, love God. And I've entitled my first point, love God, it will change you. And we take this scripturally from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 38, the greatest commandment. 
Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, the question I've been thinking a lot about as I consider that is when Jesus said that, when he told us to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, was he imagining that? Was he envisioning that as a very individual thing? Each person loving God individually, isolated, alone? Or was he thinking of that corporately as an entire group of believers that make up the local church, all of us loving God? After pondering, thinking, and praying about that a lot, I think he actually meant both. Now, every individual certainly comes to a point of putting their full trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his teachings, his incredible example, his death on a cross, his resurrection. Everybody comes to a point at some point in their lives of either acceptance or rejection of who Jesus is and what he's done. That is an individual choice. But almost every person comes to that point because of other Christian believers or the work of a local church. People that God sends across our path to help us understand, learn, and fully have an understanding of the good news of the gospel. And then all of those people that individually come to faith They get involved in a local church. The Bible never, ever pictures a lone ranger kind of Christian faith. And my practical experience over 22 years in church work is that people that refuse to attend a local church saying, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to go to church, Darren. Me and God, we are good. I'm doing just fine over here on my own. And my experience is I always check in with those people six months later. And I say, so how's, how's it been going in your Christian life? Are you growing in your understanding of God's Word? Are you learning to worship more passionately? Are you learning to share your faith naturally by the things you do? Are you learning to share your faith naturally by the things you say? And the response inevitably is always, uh, well, you know, to tell you the truth, it's, it's not really going that good. Yeah, I want to read my Bible, you know, but life just gets busy. It just gets crazy, you know? You know, I, I wanted to go for a hike the other day and, and kind of worship God and the beauty of His creation, but I have a new relationship, a new romantic relation in my life. It's just started. It's just, it's just really busy, you know? I know. It is almost impossible to do this life of following Jesus and loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind in isolation by ourselves. I think Jesus imagined it both as an individual thing and as a corporate thing together as a church. So regularly gathering with the rest of God's people here at Ocean View Community Church, that's a really good thing. And this morning I want to build the case of why it is so important and so transformative for us. There's a verse in the Bible that states it very clearly and very beautifully. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, 
as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. As a staff team, we've been reading a book called You Are What You Love, The Spiritual Power of Habit by James K.A. Smith. The book has really challenged me personally, caused my thinking to go deeper about the connection between loving God and gathering with the rest of the church on a regular basis. Because ultimately, it's a legitimate question to ask, why bother? Why bother going to church? What's the value of it? And here's the quote that was a brand new thought to me. James K. Smith writes, he says, In worship, we don't just come to show God our devotion and give Him our praise, although that's primarily why we're here. We are called to worship because in this encounter, God remakes and molds hearts, reforms our desires, and rehabituates our loves. Worship isn't just something we do. It is where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship because it is the gymnasium in which God retrains our hearts. That is such a significant thought. That is why we need to gather here with the rest of the church. If you think about it, think about one of our typical services. Today we had a great call to worship. It is in listening to that call to worship at the beginning of our service that we begin to shift our attention. We were thinking about our bank account. We were thinking about how our kids misbehaved on the way to church. We were thinking about that awesome show we saw on Netflix last night. And our call to worship begins to center us, pull us back, focus us on God. And then our worship team leads us in singing. And we begin to focus on Jesus and his work in our world and in our lives. And we begin to offer up the praise that he deserves. It's in the receiving of communion together, like we just did, that we are reminded in the deepest parts of our soul what Jesus did on our behalf, the giving of his life for us. But then we are reminded that he is in fact here with us in the midst of communion. Jesus promised that, Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Very much a right here, right now, present reality. And finally, in communion, we get pointed to the future. When Jesus will come back, wind up history, and set everything right. And that's when he will pick up the cup at the final banquet. Past, present, future, all captured in communion. And that is something we experience together. It's in the giving of our offering together to support the work of this church locally and globally that we break the grip of materialism on our lives. We give God back to God with thankfulness, part of what he's given to us. And there, over time, instills in us a sense of excitement. What is God going to do with the resources that we give? And it's in the hearing of the word preached together that the Holy Spirit of God takes different truths, different uh, principles, and he applies them to our hearts. And sometimes when you, you hear the word preached, there's, there's just a massive sense of relief and comfort because we came with hearts that were sad and broken and troubled. Other times we're in a different place and, and God uses his word to give us a challenge and to kick us in the rear end. It's in the praying together with the person leading us in the pastoral prayer that we do some significant work in the spiritual realm. 
lifting both our gratitude and our request to God the Father who holds the entire universe in his hand. James K.A. Smith is right. It is in all those aspects of a Sunday service that we encounter God together, that he remakes and molds our hearts, reforms our desires, rehabituates our loves. Worship is the gymnasium in which God retrains our hearts. That is why, Ocean View Community Church and everyone listening online, that's why it's worth it to make it here as much as you can. Join with the rest of the church, even when you feel tired, even when you've had a rough week, even when your kids have had a bad morning. There is something unique and valuable and important that happens when we gather together in the name of Jesus. Now, many of you are saying right away in your minds, yeah, yeah, Pastor Darren, but my, my family is super busy. We have soccer and hockey and baseball and music and dance and school trips and girl guides and boy scouts and cadets, and sometimes I am just too flat out tired to make it here. Listen to what James K.A. Smith has to say to families. He says, our households, our little kingdoms need to be nourished by constant recentering in the body of Christ. Week after week, we bring our little kingdoms into the kingdom of God. Communal, congregational worship locates the family in the sweep of God's story in the wider web of the people of God. From there, we are sent back into our households and families, where we then have the opportunity to extend the church's worship into our little churches. But what do you do when you just flat out can't get here? What happens if you're one of our awesome seniors that is going through a stretch of bad health? Then watch us online. If you need help with the technology, we'll come and assist you. What happens if your work takes you away? Maybe a business trip or something else. That's why we publish all of our sermons on our website. We have a, a list of what's coming up. You'll see posters up for next week, the new fall series we're going to start, all the dates, all the scripture passages. I encourage you, if you're going to be away, follow along with us, read along with us. And when time zones permit, you can watch the service online. What about the times when maybe your whole family's away at a weekend sports tournament with your kids? I want to encourage you, parents, put some intentional effort into talking and praying with your kids about what they are learning at church, what you yourself are learning. You know, right from day one, when Jesus established the Christian church, it has followed the pattern of scattering during the week and gathering on Sundays. When we scatter, we get to be a light for Christ in our workplace, in our school, when we're working out at the rec center, when we go shopping, and then we get to gather together again on Sunday mornings. Now, there should be some smaller gatherings along the way. That's why we encourage small groups, having people over in our homes, working in ministry together. But the pattern is constant. It's scatter, gather, and scatter again. That's a really important part of helping us all fulfill that part of our vision statement, love God. Well, the next part of our vision statement is love others. Key passage I want to take us to is the end of those Matthew 22 verses, verses 39 and 40. And Jesus said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
All of the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. It's amazing to see how Jesus links those greatest commands together. To love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Ultimately, Jesus is kind of saying the natural extension of loving God is to love other people. So I've entitled the second point, Love Others. It brings joy and purpose. The Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, takes it a bold next step. 1 John 4.20. John writes, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. You know, that's simple words. It's easy to say, but that is a high calling. We all learn pretty quickly in life that it isn't easy to love other people consistently, day in, day out. And I was thinking this week about how just how wonderful and amazing I am, how lovable I am. <laughs> and yet, I managed to annoy my nine-year-old so much this week at the dinner table that she burst into tears and ran away. <laughs> it is hard, isn't it? It's hard to consistently love other people. And the longer we go on in our Christian life, the longer we proceed in this journey of following Jesus, the more we begin to have a little bit of patience for each other. Because it begins to dawn on us, you know what? Jesus is changing all of us. He's got his little chisel and hammer out and he's slowly chipping away the rough spots. He's slowly forming us to look more like himself. And that begins to give us a little bit of patience, a little bit of forgiveness for others when they annoy us. When we try to serve alongside others at church and they are rude or demanding or overly stubborn, it gives us the ability to forgive and move on. The incredible thing is though, when we push through those rough spots in relationships, we get deeper and stronger relationships as a result. And you know what? Those kind of friendship, those kind of bonds, they matter hugely in our lives. When we need someone to come alongside and help us out in a crisis. Those bonds matter when we need a friend to walk and talk when our life hits the bottom. Those bands matter on the opposite end. When the greatest triumphs happen, we need someone to be there to celebrate with us. And our vision statement here at Ocean View calls us both to love God and to love others. Because of time constraints, I'm only going to make one simple point about the third part of our vision, serve the world. Let's read our final passage for today. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
some of my favorite verses. Serving our community and serving those in, the, in need in the third world, those are big deals here at Ocean View. Big themes that we keep coming back to over and over again. And we are into this a lot. Now, if you're brand new here this morning or you're listening online and you're thinking of attending Ocean View, I need to be upfront. If you have no interest in serving in the name of Jesus, our community and the poorest parts of the third world, this will become a frustrating church for you to attend and participate in. Why are we so into it? In large part because we have really begun to see the fulfillment of what Jesus promised in Matthew 5.16. Jesus told us that when we let our light shine before others, when they see our good deeds, they will turn and glorify their fa- our Father in heaven. And we have become to see that really becoming true in our community. The more people from Ocean View Community Church that serve in meaningful ways in our town, the more people who used to be really skeptical, who never saw use in church at all, maybe they were wounded from a bad experience in the past, those kind of people are slowly lowering their guard. They're they're unfolding their arms. They're becoming more and more open. We are seeing people begin to glorify the Father in heaven because all the love they have shown in practical ways. Wade, who you saw in the baptism video that kind of raised his arms when he came up out of the water. Wade and his family have been on a journey for probably close to two years here at our church. And it was initially the embrace of their family, the serving of their kids, the welcome, the way that we made uh, our summer kids camp such a great thing for them. The way that we made Ocean Kids Sunday School such a great thing for them. And over and over the first year they attended, Wade kept thanking me. He said, he said, I know all my kids are pretty crazy, but he said, thank you for welcoming us into this church. And there he is, two years later, publicly proclaiming his faith in Christ and getting baptized. What Jesus promised does come true. Well, there we are. The vision statement of Ocean View Community Church. Love God, love others, serve the world. Man by name of Keddie Cleath observed that a knife cuts because it has a narrow focus. And you know, that's why a vision statement is so important. I don't want us to become a church that tries to do everything and be everything to everyone. Running helter-skelter, doing a thousand good things, but neglecting our God-given calling to do the best things. I read that Perry Noble quote at the beginning of the sermon, if people don't know where a church is supposed to be going, it'll attempt to go everywhere and eventually wind up nowhere. Whether you're a visitor to Ocean View this morning, a regular attender, or you've been a member for 35 years, I want to say clearly today, but by the grace of God and the strength that he provides, we will do everything in our power to be a church that knows exactly where it's going, that refuses to try to do everything. And through that focus, hopefully we will end up in a position of fruitfulness and effectiveness as we raise up the name of Jesus Christ. We will be a church that demonstrates in our words, in our actions, what it means to love God, love others, and serve the world. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to have Keelan come up and do our pastoral prayer.